Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Roar and Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Now before we dive in, I want to let everyone here know that if you are enjoying the Best Damn Camp podcast, well now you can support me by checking out the Best Damn Camp Patreon tier on my Patreon at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, where there you'll be able to get early access to the audio for these episodes as well as have the opportunity to tune into the question of the episode and answer the question of the episode that we come up with on that Patreon tier. So basically you get to be more involved with the show as well as possibly even have the opportunity to guest star on an episode of your choosing. So if that's something you're interested in, head over to, well, the episode show notes if you can't put in the URL, but the URL is Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash a healthy dose of Fran. And it is the second tier listed. You will recognise the logo for the podcast and you can support me that way if you enjoy the show. Obviously, I am working with very limited content. Uh, My microphone is not the best and there are many other things that I would like to improve with this podcast. So if you want to see the show improve, please consider supporting me if you can. If not, be sure to share it with your friends so I can get this podcast out to more people than I currently have because I love making this podcast and I would love for more people to be able to find it and get involved as well. But moving on from that, which was basically like a a spot of just telling people, hey, can you give me money, please? (laughs) Let's get into the thing that you are really here for, which is the next segment of our timeline journey with a mini book that was actually written for World Book Day. I can't remember what year it was written. Hold on, let me check. Does it actually say? I don't know. It may say for copyright. Hold on. Copyright, copyright, copyright. Um, oh, 2019. That's quite recent. Oh, wait, no. Text copyright 2013. Okay. Okay, so it was quite a while ago. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct, but it's either 2013 or 2019. We'll find out eventually. But, well, I say eventually. I'll find out after this and you guys can Google it. (laughs) But yeah, so today we're continuing the timeline journey with a money book for World Book Day entitled Percy Jackson and the Singer of Apollo. Now, as always, you know I've got my points to focus on. So today we've got story, connective threads, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin... Here's the synopsis. For Grover's birthday, our duo Percy and Grover are enjoying a nice relaxing time until Apollo arrives to swirl it, because he is in need of a favour. One of his backup singers has gone solo and is tormenting New York with music that makes you feel 
everything. I cannot relate. <laughs> Our boys have to fight hard and trick harder to get this musical genius back in their place. I realise that any part sounds a bit odd but it's happened now so we're just gonna go with it so yeah this was a really kind of interesting short story it's literally about 40 pages long so but i think it's like three chapters three four chapters listed but yeah it's really short the book is actually a lot bigger than i expected it to be but as i discovered it's because there is also more from the world of percy jackson which was it listed as so there's like a word jumble uh, a crossword puzzle. Um, I think these are the things that I was on an episode of Floor 600 like ages ago when they were still doing it. I'm pretty sure they mentioned having this in their thing. So I have it in this one instead, which is weird. Also a guide to who's who in Greek mythology. Um, which is also pretty interesting. Oh, they've got loads of things. Oh, and then they've got like an extra book from a little bad man. I don't know what that is. Sorry, I got distracted just then. But yeah, this is, it was an interesting but slightly kind of weird short story. But just to kind of get into it and talking obviously about story, the thing that I want to get into is that there are three main things that I really enjoyed seeing in this book. And the first one is one that surprised me and also kind of made me a little bit frustrated. Are we surprised? No, because when am I not frustrated with things that happen in this series? I love it, but there are many things that do frustrate me. <laughs> and in this case, it's in this book, we see Percy learn to control the mist. He convinces a policeman that, I, I'm not gonna, one of the golden singers that Apollo has, they have a name, I can't say it. I, I, I don't even know how I could say it, but, yeah, he convinces a policeman that this golden singer is a presidential parade <laughs> and he believes it and all these things. And I'm just like, watching that happen, I was like, oh my God, how, like, how has this not happened before? Like, we never see Percy control the mist and we'll never see him do it again. This is the only time we see Percy control the mist. And it's something that was on that was on my mind like when we were going through the titan's curse book like talia can control the mist and percy was incredibly jealous about that fact particularly about the fact that chiron taught her and didn't teach him but again at the same time we're kind of like boy can you really complain because you go to school <laughs> and she doesn't so you know or at least goes to school closer to camp half but i don't really know but anyway so he has the capability for it why didn't he like properly learn and use it for himself after that and obviously after this like this is the only time we see him use the mist this would have been so useful especially considering one character that has mist ability in the heroes of olympus that was that like <laughs> you know it seems like most people can have an ability to kind of manipulate the mist so i know it just it would have been useful to have maybe someone have an idea of mist use that can offer insight to this other character and obviously when we get to that point we'll get to that point and we'll discuss it then but yeah I just saw it and I was like wait what the hell <laughs> Percy can do this um and yeah he can but only in this book <laughs> um but yeah there was just a really interesting thing that I saw and it did kind of surprise me but it was really cool because it worked and he was just as shocked as I am um and it was useful for what was going on uh, it didn't last very long because the golden singer kind of kept screwing with its plans but yeah 
I know I just I do after this I was like I do really wish that we got to see him have ability over the mist again but no but moving on to something a bit more positive but then also with a negative because again this is me I'll be really surprised I want to talk about Annabeth because oh my god yes Percy is about to die he is dangling off of a Times Square billboard his hands are like barely holding on he's lost his trousers um or as Americans say pants but I'm gonna call them trousers because that's what they are um and yeah so he's lost his trousers he's still got his boxes on although there's a weird conversation of him saying that briefs there's like I don't know what briefs are are they the ones that are kind of like they don't have I don't know the, the really are they the ones that people would call like tighty whities in America am I thinking of something else I don't know what briefs are is it was it boxes and briefs hold on I know it's not important but now it's going to bother me um Hold on, hold on. Um, oh yeah, so it does say brief. So it's, yeah, they're, they're more comfortable with brief. As someone who wears boxes myself, you didn't need to know that. Oh my God. But yeah, so I'm just intrigued as to what briefs are. Um, and he's saying, I know, but it seems like boxes in America are something that aren't <laughs> the norm. So it's, it's strange for him to wear boxes over briefs. I don't know, it was a weird thing. Maybe it's an American thing. But um, besides that, I got completely off track there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, so when he's about to fall to his death and we've got this singer who can sing feelings into reality. She's singing about a song about him letting go, which gets leads to him feeling, yeah, maybe I can float to the ground, you know, the 7,000 feet to the ground. I can fly down, basically. It'll be fine. I just need to let go. And he immediately thinks of Annabeth. And this, oh my god, this I loved because it's a moment of development for the romantic relationship between Percy and Annabeth. It wasn't the best one, I will admit, because he thinks about how he saved Annabeth from the sirens. What would be more interesting is that him focusing on Annabeth helps him kind of keep his mind straight, similar to what we see in uh, Son of Neptune, which obviously we will get to you, get you, <laughs> get to just because like Annabeth is sort of his grounding point um but thinking of her and kind of thinking of, of a memory of something similar that happened to her as to what's happening to him helps him focus on holding on to the metal instead of being tricked into letting go the only thing that I would say is ruined by this is because he says that um he's more afraid of Annabeth being angry at him dying than actually dying or something like that and it's just like, like her anger is scarier than anything and I know it's such a, it's such a juvenile heteronormative thing that I see everywhere just like oh you know <laughs> I'm really scared of you when you're angry but like that's not a healthy thing why is this here but it's just a really juvenile thing I know I'm getting irrationally annoyed by it but uh yeah it, just, it didn't need to be there basically is how I'm ending up summarizing this like that line wasn't necessary <laughs> of uh, Annabeth's anger is more terrifying than anything else that could happen like that's it just wasn't necessary so that's why I'm kind of a little bit frustrated at it but the other thing about the story that I think was really nice is that this was a huge building moment for the teamwork and friendship between Percy and Grover because I love seeing them working together as like a team and a unit because 
especially in the last couple of books we don't really see that happen much like I think we get one or two scenes of them working together in the last Olympian I don't think we see just Grover and Percy working together in Battle of the Labyrinth they're not really with each other in Battle of the Labyrinth really um Titan's Curse not really kind of working together Grover is mainly working with the with the hunters even though Percy's part of the group the only times we see it kind of well the only time it happens is the lightning thief I think actually um but I love their dynamic and I love their friendship and I love that we've got this insight to like Percy going out of his way to spend time with Grover on his birthday the two of them working hard together just kind of the, just seeing them working together just makes my heart happy because their friendship is everything and considering we're going to Heroes of Olympus soon I'm glad we got to see it now because we're not going to see it again <sighs> I have so many thoughts and feelings about that and um, I will be doing a video on that on my YouTube if not talking about it on the podcast itself so uh keep an eye out on my youtube channel healthy dose of fran if you want because i'm back to making percy jackson videos there but you know side tangent let's get back into the main thing here and what i want to talk about next actually is relating to the connective threads because obviously this is a short story that is taking place not long after the events of the last olympian and a couple of months before uh the start of the lost hero not a couple of months i think it's a little bit more than that but um, yeah, so there are things that are happening in this book that are intending to lead or at least are giving hints to what will be leading into the next story. And in this case, there are two specific things. One that I think is more obvious. The other I think is more of like an assumption on my part. And the first one is that Blackjack isn't answering Percy's calls at the moment. Now this is something that we discover in The Lost Hero and it's kind of like a huge thing going throughout Heroes of Olympus and that is the fact that throughout the whole of Heroes of Olympus and actually a little bit in Trials of Apollo as well there is a huge difficulty with demigods and basically kind of anyone part of that world communicating with each other like there is an inability to communicate in any form um, I think this is like a first kind of hint to that happening like He's just assuming, like, oh, you know, my friend Blackjack the Pegasi has... Uh, he's been kind of a bit radio silent at the moment, not really answering my calls, but he does this on occasion when um, he's going eating or ooh, going eating or searching for a female Pegasi or something like that. And so it kind of brushes it off, because admittedly that's something you would do. You wouldn't really think much of it. But obviously it leads to a bigger problem later down the line where it's a consistent recurring theme. Um, I just thought it was really interesting to kind of get a small little hint of something like that um, even if it's not necessarily accurate or true and I'm just kind of making this up because I know what happens but all the same it was it was kind of nice to see a sort of possible hint there the other one is in relation to Apollo now Apollo as you find out nearer the end of the Heroes of Olympus books is basically responsible for a lot of the stuff that's happening because as we can see in this, Apollo is just generally obnoxious and useless. <laughs> um, he's also very easily swayed by compliments. Now, what happens here is, uh, the main thing that this brings up to me is what happens near the end, is that Apollo invites Percy and Grover to his concert on Olympus. And to get out of it, they basically compliment the hell out of him, or sorry, compliment the Hades out of him. And he kind of 
he swayed easily. He's like, yeah, no, I understand. My voice will be too beautiful for you to handle. And, well, I wouldn't want you to explode because that will really throw off my set. She's like, you yeah, know, go on your way. We're good. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of seeing something like that, seeing how easily swayed and how easily placated he is with things like that. While it doesn't necessarily show hints of what's to come, it's a good look at why what happens, what happened in Heroes of Olympus in regards to Apollo's nature makes sense as to why that does happen because we can see this with his character. He is someone who is swayed by compliments. He is someone who enjoys having his ego stroked. So everything that does happen in Heroes of Olympus now makes sense because we're seeing it even more so where he literally has gotten a demigod and a satyr to go searching for a, a backup singer for him because he doesn't want to do it himself. <laughs> so not only is he obnoxious, an idiot and an ass, <laughs> but everything that he's doing is for his own benefit. So it just shows the kind of character he is. And I just think, it's, I don't think it's necessarily true that this is like a hint of what's to come, but I think it kind of gives an idea to the kind of person that Apollo is and I, th I don't know I just thought it was really interesting but in terms of like the story as a whole I think this story adds some really interesting things to particularly mainly to the relationship of Grover and Percy as well as like the whole Apollo situation um only thing that I would say is like <laughs> I would obviously change the few things that I mentioned of like you know not kind of doing that juvenile thing of like ah, Annabeth's anger is more scary than anything else and um just kind of maybe tying up the the interaction with the Annabeth thought but I don't know this I think this was a really interesting story like I, I I'd probably read it again it's very short only 40 chapters 40 chapters 40 pages my god only 40 pages um and yeah considering it was like a book written for a world book day <laughs> I think after the series has ended so I think this is like after Heroes of Olympus has ended or something um I would say it's pretty good and I, I did enjoy it um but yeah, that's all we've got time for for this episode. It is a very short one, but it is a very short book, so I'm not fully surprised. But um, I'm going to do a question of the episode anyway. So uh, yeah, this week's question of the episode is, do you think the gods will ever learn their lesson about respecting the demigods? And obviously that will go up on our social media, so uh, be sure to check us out there, all linked in the episode show notes. Um, and share with your friends let them know their answers on on uh on the post as well or email in if you have further thoughts in regards to this but uh, yeah thank you all for joining me for this bonus story be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our royal inverse journey to plug where you can find our podcast we are available on spotify where you should drop a follow apple podcast where you can leave a rating and a review audio boom stitcher and deezer and basically wherever you listen to your podcast in the meantime between episodes you can find the best time camp on various social media at best time camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts at you can email thebestdownkept at hotmail.com or become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for like i said early access and other exclusive perks want to know more about my upcoming writing or see more percy jackson content you can check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran or follow my social medias at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you guys for tuning in 
as always, I've been Fran, your variant hunter, and I'll see slash speak to you guys next time. Bye.